What's going on, everybody? Welcome back. <laughs> for some of you, and uh, for the first time, for some of you, welcome to the youth ministry stream of the Pondo podcast. Uh, my name is Ryan Tarkington. Always get the really cool privilege to host this specific branch of our podcast ministry here at at, uh, at Pondo. And um, yeah, hey, we, we had a chance to take a, a break over the summer, a chance for our team to, to just focus in uh, on summer camp mode. And uh, obviously uh, my role here, I'm involved in in a lot of different <laughs> different things, involved in leading worship, involved in uh, running leader meetings, and involved in uh, just conversations uh, with with youth pastors, youth leaders, and uh, and just trying to be an encouragement to to them, and and uh, make sure that their experience here at camp is is awesome. And um, so, even for our whole team, it was just good for us to uh, take a step back for those months, refresh, regroup, and now we're excited to dive back into podcast world here at at camp and so uh and, and today uh if you're joining us we're doing something a little bit different i i am actually not uh sitting across the table from someone which is which is a little bit of a weird feeling uh normally i am uh just playing the role of interviewer talking to just another youth pastor a youth leader uh even the, the last episode we talked to a couple students um, just just talking about their stories, their experiences, the things that they are currently facing or walking through uh, in their student ministries, and uh, just trying to be, uh, I, I think, using story to just direct and, and lead those conversations and uh, hopefully uh, share some common ground with those who listen to this podcast. Um, this episode, I actually do not have someone across from me, and uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to tackle this episode solo. Uh, so we'll see how this goes. It may end up being a, a pretty terrible idea, but I really got this idea from from our summer camp season. Uh, really cool opportunity. Every Thursday of summer camp, we we organize a youth uh, leaders lunch, uh, youth youth leaders lunch, where we uh, we, we kind of uh, spoil them a little bit, give them a, a pretty good pretty good meal, and um, just have conversation uh, about. Uh, life and, and and youth ministry culture and the things that we're excited about, the things that we're praying about, and the whole the whole shebang. And so, uh, I thought on this episode, what what I would like to do is uh, I, this may be a, a little bit of a stretch, but I guess my mindset was kind of kind of the, or the the topic I would say is kind of the state of youth ministry as a whole. I, I jotted down a bunch of notes from from those meetings of of common. Uh, Issues, uh, whether good or bad, uh, that that youth pastors were were talking about in those those lunches, and and I I wrote down six that I thought were like probably the key or the main uh, topics of conversation uh, involving um, where people are at, and so we're gonna go we're gonna bust through those six different uh, topics together, and um, I I guess. Um, yeah, I get. I guess my my hope for this conversation is is as always is for for those listening to get a sense of like, oh, okay, we're not alone in this. Other youth groups, other youth ministries are facing this, no matter where they're at, whether they're um, in. You know, a lot we have we have a lot of groups that, that obviously come from Southern California, but during camp season, we have groups that come from Northern California and Arizona and uh, Vegas and and uh, kind of all over the uh, the west 
uh, there. And so I think, I think my hope in this conversation is that you would just realize that this these topics and these things that we're facing, you're not alone in them. There are other groups and youth pastors that are walking through them. But at the end of the day, I, I just I hope it's just a sense of uh, encouragement and, and a motivation for you as you listen in that uh, that you would identify with and uh, maybe even be challenged by uh, some of these things that were discussed in our in our leader lunches every every Thursday. And so uh, that's where we're going to go today on this episode. And uh, so just so excited, uh, again, to be back in this world and use this platform as just a chance to uh, to speak to you guys um, here exactly where you're at involved in what you're doing. Uh, we say this often at Pondo, uh, youth pastors, youth leaders, you guys are the heroes. Like, you guys are the real deal. And uh, we're so grateful for the partnership and so grateful for the time, energy, and effort that you put into uh, not only bringing students to camp, uh, but what, what you do day in and day out uh, in your home churches and home ministries there. And so, uh, yeah, so this conversation, again, hopefully just an encouragement, hopefully a challenge, and we'll go from there. One of, one of the big things that uh, we, we, we asked every single Thursday of that lunch was, uh, hey, what are, what are some areas of concern or what are some areas that you guys are seeing in youth ministry culture that, uh, that you know, kind of just puts – um, put you on notice, put you on guard a little bit about um, like where students are at in this world. And, and I think as I was looking at this list, everything that we're going to say is not, it's not, I don't think it's a new thing. Um, I don't think it's a new, like, oh my goodness, where did that come from? But I, I do think because of the last year and a half uh, that we have walked through, this entire country and world has walked through, um, I think it is, it, I think it, honestly maybe like leveled the playing field in some in some ways um just in the sense of i believe there's just so much more common ground of where people are working or trying to build back up from and um and so so here's here's a here's a a couple of the concerns that were that were brought up in in our conversations uh the first one and, and probably the one of the biggest ones i think is uh, just the topic of identity and students um, living in a time and a culture where identity is um, is so it's flowing it's it's like this ever flowing thing um, students wrestling with um, who they are wrestling with um, why why they're here why they're created and um, we, for anywhere from um, uh, gender identity um, sexual identity um, and, and even and even beyond, uh, obviously that that is something that's just increasingly um, becoming increasingly prevalent in our culture with students that are just struggling with understanding who they are. Another uh, area of concern was um, just loneliness, loneliness in general. Uh, students, uh, many students, spent such a long time isolated, separated from the world, and um, and, and then just the idea of them getting back into society, getting back into the rhythm of being around people. Um, that's like cool. Like that's one thing. And it's, and for some students, they, they are thriving in this kind of new, uh, back to this new environment of being around people. Um, it's not a new environment, but it feels new to them. And, and for some, some students, it's actually been really hard. 
been really hard uh, for so long. They were truly separated and isolated, and they became so comfortable. Uh, probably even in that in that place, even if it was a lonely place. Unfortunately, students became so comfortable in that spot that they're having a hard time adjusting even to to being back and being around people and and uh, and knowing how to, how to respond to that. Another big uh, uh, issue that. Um, that, that was brought up easily every single week in our conversations was uh, that of mental health and um, just the struggle that's there. And uh, one thing, I, th- I think one common thing that we, that we found is um, it does not feel or seem like the mental health issue is, um, is going to get better. If anything, it feels like it's going to dive deeper and deeper into uh, struggles with students are going to have. Um, a lot of that is um, I mean, a lot of different factors play into that. Home dynamics, um, the fact that many students um, coming from broken homes, uh, coming from dysfunctional homes, um, that, that obviously plays a huge role in it. Uh, uh, the identity crisis that, that, is, um, that is running, becoming pretty prevalent within um, our students plays a role in that. And then uh, obviously I believe uh, we, we are a common thread was that social media plays a very huge role in in all of it um it's 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 not just one thing but it's it's multiple things that these students deal with and face um every single day of their lives um that just push that or cause that that mental health struggle to be um to be real and, and let's be honest it is it is very real uh and it is a struggle and i think the the church as a whole and 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 um we as as ministers of the gospel have uh, have not always been the best at understanding it and, and how to handle it, but the reality is we we're gonna need to we we need to um, because like I said it's not it's not gonna ease up or or get better I I think it's it's only gonna just um, get worse and worse and um, we yeah we need to know how to love and to speak into and to um, encourage those uh, that are walking through all of these places, whether they be an identity crisis, whether that be loneliness, whether it be mental health, whether it be all, and then even um, there's more and more uh, areas out there. But those were three very common uh, conversations that we had is how do we approach these things and how do we handle these things um, that we're facing right now? One, uh, one or many of the responses that came back were, were so positive and so encouraging. And again, I don't think these are new. They're not new principles. They're just things that we need to be reminded of uh, when it comes to our approach in student ministry as a whole. So I, I have six that, that I just believe really stood out, six key ways that we approach and tackle youth ministry today, <laughs> the state of youth ministry today. Um, and I think these things, um, if done, uh, if done well, if done right, if done uh, with intentionality, I think it helps us as we continue to speak into and pour into and invest in uh, students of this generation. So here we go. Here's the list: six things uh, that uh, we should be doing well in our. Uh, in our youth ministries. And again, this goes for um, no matter what size uh, youth group you have. This goes for no matter what location your youth ministry is at, no matter what denomination your youth ministry is from. These are, uh, again, I believe six key 
things that we should be implementing if we're not, if we're not already implementing in our, in our youth ministry world. So here we go. Number one, the topic came up of authentic leadership. Students are craving and looking for authentic leadership in their life. And I know, I know sometimes this can be, can be, can be really hard. I, I, I think I look back at, at my time as a youth pastor there, there, there is a little bit, if we're going to be honest, there's a little bit of this in us that we want to be the heroes. Like we want to be heroes and we do not want to let students down ever. And so we put on the best front that we possibly can uh, for them. And uh, we try to hide things that would c- cause even the slightest hint of students being let down by who we who we really are, but something we are seeing and something that is uh, that was again talked about several times in our in our lunch meetings was that they, they believe that students are craving authentic leadership, people that they can go to and 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 understand that they don't have to be perfect people. They they don't have to have it all together and all figured out, um, but they need to be people that are real and genuine uh, voices that are going to speak into their life, uh, even in the messy part of our lives. Now, I, I, know, um, I know with that comes some discernment. Um, I know with that, as youth pastors and youth leaders, there comes a level of, of discernment of what we, we do share uh, with students. But I, I think something as simple as inviting students into our lives, inviting students into our, our homes, into our spaces, um, and letting them not see the polished version of us all the time, but, but just seeing the real side of who we are. Uh, one thing that came up uh, several times was was youth pastors who talked about, hey, I, w- I invite students uh, over to our house for discipleship and, and or whatever, just to come hang out. And uh, they they talked a lot of times about how in the past they you know they they clean the house, they make everything look perfect, they make it all presentable and comfortable uh, for students. And 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 uh, when you know, especially if it's a student pastor who has kids, they uh, you know they get all the toys put away and they 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 just make it almost makes it look like they don't have kids at all, right? But uh, one one suggestion that that came up, which I I just really love, is hey, it's okay to invite students into your home, into your life, and then see, like, just real family. (laughs) Just to see the realness of toys scattered on the ground or dirty dishes in the sink. Um, It's it's okay. It's okay for students to see that. In fact, uh, in many ways, it puts students in a place, it actually puts students in a place of comfort, knowing that they're just part of they're getting invite, invited into the realness of, of our lives. And, um, and I love that. The other side of it is uh, not just what we present to people, but how we truly, how we truly interact um, with students, being vulnerable, being honest um, in, in the struggles that we have. Again, I know there's a level of discernment. I know it's not, it's, it's not a, a, a clear cut. You just share every um, aspect of your life. I know there are boundaries that have to be created. But, yeah, I think just something we, we heard time and time again is students are impacted when they know and believe and trust that, um, that their leaders um, are just real people with real problems, real struggles, and that's okay. And that's okay. And so that's topic number one authentic 
leadership? Are we modeling that? Are we, are we um, trying to hide who we really are? Are we trying to put on the best presentation of ourselves? Or are we just, are we just being who God designed us and created us to be, the good, the bad, and the ugly of it all, so that we can speak into a student's life? And it seems like, uh, again, it seems like students are craving and desiring uh, not this hero model of a youth pastor, but they're, they're, they're craving authentic leadership of their youth pastors and youth leaders in their life. Number two, number two, this was a, a very common thing that we, we heard from youth pastors this summer, is go deep, go deep. Uh, what, what, what we meant by that is, uh, is that I, I, think, I think it's very easy, um, I think it's very easy, especially to look at, uh, let's say, junior high students, right, that we have in our, in our youth ministries. It's easy to look at them and, and, and be like, hey, they're, still, they're just still kids. They're still learning themselves. They're still trying to figure themselves out in this life. And so if we go too deep, we're going to lose them. And, and while it is true that <laughs> junior hires are still kids, they're still trying to figure out who they are. Listen, the reality is the world, the world is, doesn't treat kids like kids anymore. The world treats kids like adults, right? Especially junior high students. Junior high students, uh, listen, uh, when, when we were growing up, when I was growing up in my time, uh, we were pretty naive. Like we didn't know much outside of our little bubbles, our little cartoon. I think probably even back then we were still watching a lot of cartoons and students probably are now too. But um, we listen, I, 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 the time has changed. Like junior high students, the world does not treat them like kids anymore. They, they speak to them um, much more deeply. And, and honestly, if we're just being honest, um, the world doesn't care about them. They're, they're, they're going to teach them what, um, what, what feels right to them. And, and I think what happens so often in our, in our youth ministry cultures is that, yeah, we, we, we get so shallow. We want to cover, we want to just cover a lot of ground and, and we don't, we don't spend time intentionally going deep because we feel like students aren't going to get it, right? And, and I love uh, several youth pastors throughout the summer said, hey, listen, these kids go to school, and they're taught, like, hard things. Like, they're taught, like, hard math, <laughs> right? And there's an expectation, and there's a level of them that, that they will get this, and they will understand, and many students rise to the occasion. And so, and not only that, not only do we need to be teaching students um, how to how to go deeper in their faith, how to go deeper in their understanding of the Christian life, how to go deeper in their um, study of God's word, how to go deeper in, in their prayer life, how to go deeper in their discipleship walk, all those things, like we need to be pressing into that. But listen, I think students are desiring that. I think students are over right? Over shallow teaching, over shallow uh, youth ministry culture. I think students are craving and desiring more they, they, they went a year and a half with, with very, very little to nothing. I, I know, I know uh, many of you guys put such a great effort into to, to teaching and getting back to like online community and, and having these things. But I think now, I think students um, realized, like, they realized, like, it's easy for them to just coast by in life. But, but what are we doing to really challenge them? What are we doing to really help them and, and see them rise uh, up and, 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 and to just step up into their faith? 
And, uh, and, I, and I love that. I love that. I, I think it's so key. And so think about that for your own world, your own life, your own ministry. If you look back over um, your, your time as a youth pastor, what has been your main comfort level, I would say, in when it comes to teaching? Are, you, are, you, are we staying pretty, pretty shallow? And is it for fear that they're not going to get it? Is it for fear that they're going to be turned away or, 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 or um, yeah, like going to be discouraged? Or, um, or are you pressing into this idea that, that students, no matter what age, whether they be high school, junior high, or even younger, to be honest, like they not only can go deep, but they need to be going deep in their faith. Uh, we see it time and time again, right? Students, um, they go this very surface level Christianity, surface le- level of their faith, and um, it's it's really like the parable of the the sower of the seeds. And they they get it right. We're teaching them week in and week out, but when when anything starts to grow, it either gets eaten up by the birds, it gets choked out. Um, by the thorns, right? It's, it's growing on rocky places. Let let let's let's push for. Let's let's strive for going deeper in what we believe students are capable of hearing and and responding to. And that, again, that's not just in the level of teaching. That's in our challenge to them as um, as men and young men and young women. It's our challenge to them in their discipleship growth. It's our challenge uh, to them. In, in owning their faith and, and, and living this out. Um, let's no, no more shallow, no more shallowness. Let's go deep. All right, number three. You guys are doing great. Hopefully this is good. Hopefully this is encouraging to you. I know it's a little bit weird still for me to, uh, to be going solo at this, but hopefully um, what I'm saying makes sense and hopefully uh, it's, it's, uh, it's being encouraging and challenging at the same time. The next two things I'm going to talk about so number, are, are both on the area of culture, uh, creating a culture of these things. So number three is creating a culture of tough questions, creating a culture of tough questions or tough conversations. This mostly came up in the sense of, of students struggling with identity, struggling with mental health, struggling with these, these, these big things. And have we in our own youth ministries created a culture where students feel even okay to ask questions about why they're dealing with what they're dealing with? Or do we, do we have a culture um, that it's okay to, to not be okay? Is it okay for students to just share um, that, 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 that life is a struggle, that, that life um, isn't, isn't uh, rainbows and butterflies, uh, but that there's real struggles and real questions, and that they don't always, they don't always get it? <laughs> they're always, they're, there's this wrestling match with uh, who they are, with who God designed them to be. Um, but I guess at the end of the day, if students just come to your to our youth groups and they just come in, they sit, they listen to us, and then they leave, and we haven't created a space, we haven't created a culture where they can truly, truly feel comfortable just asking the questions or talking about the struggle, are we letting them down? Um, because it feels like to me, <laughs> forgive me if I'm wrong, but it feels like to me that church our church and our youth groups should be the place that these students feel the most comfortable going to us and coming to us and asking the tough questions or just revealing truth about their struggles in this life. And I think if we have not truly created a culture for it, I'm not sure the students 
I'm not sure that students are going to respond. I just don't think so. I, I think they have to know it's a safe place for them to, 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 to ask. I, they have to believe it's a safe place for them to be wrestling with the things that they're wrestling with and be able to talk to either you as the youth pastor or youth main youth leader or to talk to other adults in your, in your, um, in your leadership role who they feel like they can have these tough questions. So that's the first one of our culture conversation. Number four overall, but our second culture conversation is this. Have we created a culture of honor in our youth ministries? A culture of honor. What I mean by that is uh, I loved every single time in our, in our lunch meetings when a youth pastor would stand up and he would, he would point to, the, to those that are sitting around him at the table and he would say, Hey, listen, I am only here. I'm only as good as these people right here that are working alongside of me. They're, they're, these are the, the leaders in the group that are, that are volunteers. They're, they're not full-time staff. They, they, they take time off of work. They commit their, their lives to being around and being an, uh, in, have, hopefully having an impact on students um, just as, as a, a serve team um, in the youth ministry world. But so I, I love that. I, I, I was so encouraged by that. And, and, and you could tell every time a youth pastor stood up and, he, and he, he was intentional about pointing out the people around the table that, that helped, that served, that, uh, that, were, uh, that were amazing just leaders in their group. You could tell that um, in those moments, those leaders were just so encouraged, a huge smile on their face, right, or tears in their eyes because they know um, listen, they, they, they pour themselves out. They pour themselves out. Um, sometimes just as much, may, they may not get paid for it, and they, they, um, it, it may look a little different, but they pour their heart out just as much as even full-time youth pastors. And, um, and so my challenge to you in the culture world is this. Have, have we created a culture of honor uh, amongst our our team? Do we recognize leaders when they step up and they do things above and beyond? Or do we just step up and recognize them when they do exactly what is expected of them, right? I, I, I think we've got to be intentional of, of making sure the leaders feel known, feel seen, and, and that we're grateful. We're truly grateful for what they commit uh, to being part of the, the, the leadership team there. And uh, so a challenge to you how well do you do that, right? If you look at your youth ministry and you say, hey, we do that well, and, and, and the leaders, are they rally around each other. They, they, they honor each other. Um, it's not just coming from me, but they honor each other. Um, chances are, right? Chances are what you've done is you've created a culture where leaders feel loved and appreciated and they want to, they, they would, they would bring more people to, to, uh, to the table because of the culture that's created there. But if you, if you, on the other side, flip the coin, if you have a culture of, of a lack of honor or a lack of recognition, uh, what you're, you're probably finding, if we're just being honest, what you're probably finding is reluctant youth leaders, who are just there um, because they, they just got to be a body. There's they're just a chaperone, right? They're, they're there because they kind of like youth or um, <laughs> their kids are involved. But I, I, I believe when we are intentional about the way that we talk about and recognize and honor and appreciate the leaders that we have in our, in our, youth, uh, in our youth ministries, I believe it makes all the difference. I really do.
The second part of this culture of honor is, is when it comes to students. I, I remember one of our last weeks of camp, kind of an older gentleman that was there as a youth leader. He talked about a problem that a couple of the, the students were having during their time at camp. And he, he uh, one, one student, I believe, if, I, if I'm remembering the story right, was kind of, kind of bullying or kind of picking on another kid. And then later on in the week, that, that, the attitude or the heart of that student really changed towards that other, that other kid. He not only um, stopped, stopped bullying or stopped kind of picking on that kid, but he was actually very, that student became very intentional about helping out, right? Or just uh, of, of encouraging that other kid. And what he said, what this older youth uh, leader said was that he pulled him aside. He pulled that student aside when he saw that change in him, that shift in his focus, and, and, and that he was actually stepping up and doing, um, doing encouraging instead of bullying. And he just commended him for, uh, for what he did. He commended him for, he said, like, I see you. I, I see a change in you. I see that your heart has changed, and, and the way that you treat this other, other boy um, is, is, is really good. And so I think what came out of that conversation as we were talking to the, all of the youth leaders in the lunch was I think I made the comment of, that, that, that's it. That's a culture of honor right there. When we take the time, listen, it's easy to get on to kids for when they do wrong. It's easy to get on to kids when they make mistakes or they just are blatantly annoying and we just want to be like, just shut up. All right, just shut up. Um, it's easy for us to, um, if you look back, like a lot of your, a lot of times in youth ministry, it's like, stop, don't, you know, obviously we treat them like, like there are kids sometimes, but have we created a culture where when a student does something right, when there's growth and change in a student, when they step up and do even the simple, small things, have we created a culture where we honor that student and we pull them aside and say, Hey, I see you and I'm proud of you. And I'm encouraged by what I see, the growth that's happening in you. And so, uh, so that's what we talk about a little bit when we, when we talk about this culture of honor. It's not only um, honoring our, our leadership or honoring our, our volunteer leaders and vol- volunteering our teams. Uh, are we honoring students? And they deserve to be honored and recognized uh, for what they're doing. Awesome. All right, we're moving down the list. I got two more for you. And uh, so number five is this. I put an invitation to the table, an invitation to the table. A lot of times in our conversations at that lunch, uh, what came up was, um, was churches intentionally allowing students to step up and serve, uh, not only in the youth ministry, but also within the church as a whole. And, and obviously, we, we see the reports of, of the impact that that has. Students are more likely to stay engaged in church even after they graduate if they know that they have a place at the table it's just it's just a it's just a reality if they if they are through their high school junior high high school years even into their young college years if they understand that they have a place to serve if they have a place to utilize their gifts and their passions if they have a place to just simply uh, a voice not only a voice in the church but just a presence in the church as a whole uh, students are more likely to stick around. They just are. And so um, one thing that came up in our conversations was, hey, listen, we've got students who are very skilled, talented in the area of, of the music. And our, our worship pastor has brought them in slowly to, to, to jo- join the, the, the whole church team. Amazing. I think that's beautiful. I love that. Uh, something as simple as, hey, we have 
students who are greeters and they just go in and they and they stand at the doors and they greet people as they come in. We have students who who, who run maybe an offering and they they're part of that that or the production team or students who are involved in kids ministry. Uh, all these things are amazing, right? I love it. And so creating this, I know I know this is deeper or bigger than just happening in youth ministry. I know that this involves pastoral roles and, and people making decisions of allowing that uh, to, to happen, but I want you to just evaluate your, your mindset and your heart when it comes to inviting students to the table to serve, to, to be part of leadership, but, but just giving them a place to feel like they are making an impact on their church home. Um, I love that. I think it's so needed in, uh, in today's world. The other thing that we talked about, uh, the invitation to the table is this, uh, listen, here's the reality. Sometimes, not all the time, right? But sometimes youth pastors can be pretty controlling, we want to control every aspect of our youth ministry. We want to control how it looks, how it functions. Um, I, I know for me, when I first started out in youth ministry, I was doing, um, I was teaching, I was running games. I, I was the person in front of the kids every single moment of the night. I was leading worship. I was doing all of it, right? And and something that happened in me, something that I heard that just rocked me to my core, um, that totally flipped the script on my approach to, to youth ministry, is uh, I heard this quote from uh, a guy named Bobby Manning. We were at a, a mission trip in uh, Toronto, Canada, for, uh, for an organization called City Reach. And uh, Bobby Manning made this statement that totally rocked me and just changed my whole heart and approach and, and attitude. He said, real youth ministry is happening when the youth are the ones doing the ministering. Oh man. Like that, it was literally like a punch to the gut because it was me realizing in that moment, Hey, I'm so controlling. I'm trying to do everything. I want it to look good. I want it to sound good. Uh, I want it to be polished, but what students want, they, they, they want to be, they want to be an invitation to the table. And, and it may not sound like, you know, so basically from that time on, I, I had, uh, I launched a student led worship band. And did it sound great? No, it did not sound great all the time. But did they grow and get better week in and week out? Yeah, they absolutely did. And you know what? I saw students respond on a much bigger level by having their peers lead them in worship. And even though it didn't sound as good, I mean, not to, not to boast, but it didn't sound as good as whenever I led, it was better. It was, it was, it was better for our youth ministry. And it inspired others to step up. Not we, 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 It inspired some to step up into the music team, but it inspired students to step up into other key roles that we had within our team. And we, we ended up creating um, leadership teams. Uh, and it was, it was such a game changer, such a game changer for our group. And so um, my question to you, student pastor, is are we a little too controlling? And, and if so, what can we do? What can we do to have for us to say it's okay? It's okay if it doesn't look as good as if I would do it, but I'm going to empower student leaders to step in, to step in and, and, and to be invited to the table in our leadership roles. Last thing, last thing we're going to hit you with today. And, and I think many of your, many of your churches are already doing this. So I'm so, I'm proud of you, but the key, one key thing that kept being brought up in our conversations was this small groups. <laughs> if it's at all possible within your ministry. Small groups is the way to go. And I'm telling you this, 
it's not just a flashy thing, right? It's been around for a while. And it's not just this trendy um, keyword that we say because, you know, like that's what you're supposed to do. Small groups has some of the biggest impact of any ministry thing I've ever seen in my life. My life, if I look back as my time as a teenager, listen, I, I, there were so many cool moments that I had in the big group setting. There's so many cool things that happened in, in um, our big activities or um, big events, and you fill in the blank, right? I, I, I cherish uh, a lot of those big things that we did, but one of the things that had the biggest and the deepest impact on my life was sitting around a table or sitting around a couch with with my peers, like a group of five or six of us guys, and and um, an adult who was who cared about us and and loved us and and spoke into us and challenged us and encouraged us, it it was it was such a game changer for for my faith, especially as a student. And you guys know, many of you guys have, have were have the exact same story. You see that, you know that. Small groups takes um, takes a big group, right? Takes the big group and. The big group can be, for some students, very overwhelming, and they feel like they're not seen or they're not heard. Um, small groups takes um, that big group feel and, and allows students to be, be surrounded by their peers, surrounded by um, a place that they don't have to feel intimidated talking to a large group of people, but they, they might feel more comfortable. And, and listen, some students don't feel comfortable ever uh, talking. Uh, we've seen that side too. But small groups allow for students to be known better and deeper. And if nothing else, like that's that's key. That, that, that's the key to why we do them. And uh, so I would, I would challenge you, if you are a youth ministry um, and you have a desire to do small groups and you just haven't pulled the trigger on it, um, I say, don't wait, don't wait anymore. Um, start making efforts, start, start striving to find leaders who, who you can step up because listen, as a youth pastor, no, you can't lead every small group. You're going to have to train, recruit. You're going to have to put people in those positions, uh, who, uh, who you trust and who are going to display and model, um, the vision and the values that you have as a student pastor and, uh, and then to, to trust them to really speak into and disciple uh, the students that are in your care. But uh, we believe that, uh, and again, this was just something reiterated week in and week out of our lunch conversations, is the impact that small groups is having right now, especially in a culture where identity, loneliness, uh, mental health, uh, all these things are run, running more and more rampant. Um, sometimes kids can just sneak in. They can sneak into the big group setting and not be seen, not be noticed, not be heard. Let's just be honest, it happens. And so small groups allows, hopefully, if done right, small groups allow students to be seen and heard and noticed week in and week out, and then to have a small group of their peers and a, an adult leader, or however you run it, however you however you would run it um, within your ministry. Um, but it allows for allows for. Um, deeper relationships that, that can happen just in a big group setting. Don't neglect the big group. It's an amazing thing, right? We're still, we're still, we're not saying anything uh, against that. There's still incredible moments that need to happen in that setting. Um, but uh, highly recommended, highly recommended. If you're not already doing small groups, uh, look into it, look into it. And if you're overwhelmed by the thought of recruiting uh, leaders, that's a whole nother podcast um, that we'll get to uh, very soon, I, I assure you. So these are our six 
key things that we uh, we took away from the summer. Uh, I'll go over them one more time right here. Authentic leadership, number one. Number two, go deep. Go deep. No more shallowness. Go deep with these students. They can handle it. Uh, number three, culture of asking tough questions. Culture. A culture of asking tough questions um, and being uh, okay with struggles that students are facing. Are they? Is there a culture there that, that, that students are willing to bring these to the to the surface um, in conversations another culture a culture of honor number four are we celebrating the leaders are we are we grateful for them are, are they being recognized and known uh, for for what they bring to the table and also are we um, are we honoring students when they do something right it's easy to get onto them when they do something wrong uh, do we do we honor them when they get it right Number five, an invitation to the table, having students involved in serving and involved in leadership, not only in, uh, in the church, not only in, in, in your youth ministry, but uh, bring them to the table. They, they can and will have a huge impact um, on, on the culture of your church. And the last thing, number six, small groups. Small groups, highly recommended, highly encouraged because of the impact it has on the relational side of student ministry. Well, that's it. That's all I got for you. Hopefully you enjoyed this. Hopefully it wasn't weird to just listen to me ramble on uh, this whole time. But hey, listen, I love you and I appreciate what you do. Uh, You guys are the heroes, but you're heroes in the sense that you are serving and and you are on the front lines of doing ministry work in a culture of the student world that is hard. It's just hard. It's not easy and it's not, it's, it's, uh, it's only going to get harder. We believe that and know that. Um, but at the end of the day, I call you a hero, but at the end of the day, you view yourself as a humble servant of the real hero who is Jesus. Um, that's, that's what's going to set all of us apart when we, when we lean into being humble servants of the one who is worthy of it all. And that's Jesus. Hey, thank you guys so much for listening today. Um, yeah, we're so excited to be back into this podcast world. And um, we, I would just challenge you guys, if, if anything I said today um, stood out to you, if, if anything was uh, encouraging or challenging to you in the positive way, hey, would you share this with another youth pastor? Uh, simply click on uh, either the link in Spotify or Apple a podcast or whatever you listen to this podcast. Just click on it and just send them a, send them a text, send them a link, and, uh, and hopefully they'll check it out and be encouraged by this as well. Okay, cool. That's all I got for you. We love you. So we will talk again real soon. Looking forward to it. You guys have a great week, a great month. And um, yeah, check us out next time on the Pondo Podcast.